Hello, welcome to No Pause, Just the Clap. I'm Doug, this is Deb. The only show that asks Deb, I can pinpoint it. But when did Cyborg become the seventh member of the Justice League? It's always been kind of like a, a loose seven. Um, you have, you know, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Superman, Batman, that's four. I feel like he became Green Lantern. the who, last... Who am I missing on that one? But, well, that's Wonder six. Wonder Woman? No, I get one more. So that's six. And then there's a kind of the floating seventh. And for a while, that was Plastic Man, which I really liked. And I can pinpoint that Jeff Johns loves Cyborg, brought him in. And I like it because there's like a tech-based hero. But when did Cyborg become cool? Uh, Cyborg never became cool. He became more important when they kept forcing him into Teen Titans cartoons. Booyah! Also, I have not watched I do love Teen Titans Go yet. No one will on this show. It's fine. You sure? Because I can watch it for freezies. The Teen Titans Go to the movies? Yeah. It's on Plex already. Wow. Um, I haven't because I don't fucking care. Yeah, I mean, I like the like Deadpool jokes that they keep making fun of Deathstroke because Deathstroke is the original Deadpool. Okay, and I have to tell you wrong. on that joke... I've told you about how my nephew's obsessed with Deadpool. He now desperately wants the Deathstroke mask that I still have not taken out of the box. Well, he's not getting mine. No, but I have mine, remember? Do you have all your masks? No. no. Brandon got to keep the two that I gave to him. Cordovals and... Um, oh, uh, death, death of the Family. Yeah. Like I said, he's got both of those because I gave it to him. But I mean, honestly, that's when all of our stuff was, you know, stored together. So, but like I said, no, Deathstroke's the only one I still have. And I never, ever want the Harley one, because it's so fucking scary. Oh, it's... The Harley one is, like, 1980s, like, it's a Stranger Things Halloween mask. It seems like one of those that should be, like, strangers. It's, um, the... What was it? Um, Venture Brothers, where it's so maddening to stick your tongue through the plastic slot. Oh, God. That is that mask. That is no, like I said, that's the only mask I have. And I mean, Liam's only four, but he loves all of my dolls. And he's come to terms Action essentially, yeah, all, of my, all of my Funko dolls. He's come to terms with the fact that I don't take them out of the box, except for the one that he had, the one that he brought me named Liam, which is one of the video game ones. Although he really loves playing with my Gwenpool doll. And he really wants me to take the mask out of the Deathstroke that I have and let him play with it. But it's still sealed. It's sealed. And it's, I mean, it's it's a dirt cheap mask, let's be honest. No, I get that, but I mean, it's the same thing with my Funkos. I'm not keeping them for value, I'm keeping them because I enjoy them how they are. In the box. They're nerd me babies. Essentially, um, yeah. I'm bringing this up because, and we'll just get right into this. Um, I watched the new DC animated release, Death of Superman. Spoiler alert, Superman dies. <laughs> um... It is a more accurate uh, portrayal, uh, adaptation rather, of the Death of Superman storyline. Is it worth watching? Yes. Okay. Um, if in that they made a very interesting casting choice, um, that Rain Wilson is Lex Luthor. <laughs> Have you ever wanted to see the bad guy from The Office be the bad guy in Superman? Well, here's your chance. And he actually does a really good job at it. Like, 
you say Rain Wilson, you go, oh, like, right? Like, that makes no sense. And I'm like, condescending sarcasm. Oh, excuse me. And you go, yeah, that, that tracks for Lex Luthor. Um, I'm excited. Uh, the It's got most of the original cast, uh, voice cast of Nathan Fillion as Green Lantern, and um, Jerry, Jerry O'Connell as Superman. Rebecca Romaine Stamos. Uh, Rebecca Romaine, sorry. I'm like, she's uh, not Stamos anymore. No, Rebecca Romaine is Lo- uh, Lois Lane, mm-hmm. so kind of weird that it's her and uh, Jerry O'Connell for Superman. I remember Jerry O'Connell being the voice of Shazam, or Captain Marvel, in the original like Justice League cartoon, so it's kind of been interesting that they did that with um, Superman. But it, it works, it works. Um... Rosario Dawson as, as Wonder Woman. It's kind of a gimme. Um, um, I actually want to talk to you about her a little bit. Rosario Dawson or Wonder They Woman? put out an announcement this week that she would not be appearing at all in the second series of Iron Fist. Which, like, premieres in, like, less than a month, I think. Or about a month. I, I don't the app, remember but. the exact date. But, yeah, they put out an announcement this week that Rosario Dawson, who we've basically named Night Nurse... Yes. Well, I shouldn't say we've named it, but we've decided that's her title. Well, the, the internet in general and Marvel fans, yeah. That Yeah, like I said, they put out an article this week and an announcement that she would not be in Iron Fist 2, which, frankly, I don't fucking blame her. You know why? Because Iron Fist sucks. Um, it's. I don't think it's that. I think, A, she probably doesn't fit into the story. Um, and if you haven't seen Luke Cage Season 2, which... I have. Well, I guess we'll talk about in a second. We don't have to. Um... She fucks off. Like, she up and leaves Luke Cage. The ebony sex god that is Luke Cage. Um, anyway, real quick, Death of Superman, before we get into Luke Cage Season 2, um, Death of Superman, uh, the sequel, Reign of the Superman, uh, is coming out... Superman or Reign? No, how is Reign spelled? <laughs> R-E-I-G-N It's not like It's rain and Superman Hallelujah not, It's rain, it's rain and, Su- and Superman yeah, Hallelujah No, mine's better Also um, Let the bodies at the floor Which is the same event But with different perspectives You mean that song That was banned after 9-11? Yeah Sure um, And uh, Death of Superman Had four distinct uh, post credit sequences uh, where you they do introduce Steel, Superboy, Cyborg Superman, and the Eradicator. Um, as a comic book fan, I'm super excited. So, we'll see. Um, but Luke Cage is in too. Let's get right into that. What'd you think, Deb? I actually wanted to ask you about another announcement that had been made about the DC Universe recently. Are we going to get into the horrible Aquaman trailer? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, we're getting... Oh, let's get to the Luke Cage season two before we get to the Yeah, go stuff. ahead. It's fine. Um, I liked it. Um, I liked that it was a very slow burn on turning Luke Cage into a bad guy. Okay. That's where the season ends. Uh, with that little, like... Um, Jimmy Olsen character who's like oh I'm, I'm filming him and I've got all the shirt rights and blah 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 and he's like you want to be a crime boss you're the boss of crime like that's not what Harlem needs 
and uh, Luke, oh, I'm sorry, Arlem needs, you feel me? So I'm gonna get into that. Um, but that Luke Cage says, like, look, this is, I'm gonna be the hero Harlem needs, but it's, uh, deserves, but it's one Harlem needs. Well, I kind of see it as kind of one of the African Christopher Nolan Batmans, where it's not the hero that they, you know, that's what I just want, said. it's the hero that they need. Right. Yeah. Um, Definitely that the hero that they deserve. That kind of a controlling influence and in going, like, look, keep your crime out of Harlem, and well, I will work with you to do your drug distribution and your human trafficking, but keep it the fuck out of Harlem. Now, well, you know the phrase, right, about absolute power? It corrupts absolutely, absolutely, is what they say. But he has kind of a checks and balances with Misty Knight. And she says that at the end, where she goes, if you misstep, I will take you down. And, you know... And I think with that robotic arm, she could probably fucking take him. Well, it's, I appreciate the fact that they have him being a little bit less of a black and white character. Yes. And make everything a little bit more gray. It's very gray on this one. And I understand that they had to do that with everything else they're building in that universe. Well, Netflix, Marvel, shall well, we call it. Well, I don't it. think there's going to be another Defenders for a while. No, it wasn't really a huge hit. It was well-received, but it wasn't Jessica Jones well-received. No, but I think they're going like, to... I think the Defenders are going to be like a every-other-year thing. Well, um, it's also we just it like... And we'll see where Daredevil, Daredevil was super well-received. The seasons after, they've been liked, but they haven't been as well-received as the first one. I wasn't a huge fan of season two. I mean, I was as a, a comic nerd, but... As a critic, I was not. Um, and we both know what a fuck-off Iron Fist 1 was. Yeah, but like I said, like through Luke Cage, and through the Defenders, um, I think they've managed to fix Iron Fist. I'm really looking forward to this. I, actually I think it was a waste of their money to fix Iron Fist. I think they made great use of their money in that doing it in other series kind of saved them some money. I think maybe they should have kept him around for the Defenders, but I don't give a well, fuck did. about Iron Fist 2. We'll see. Where does Denny Rand go without an enemy to fight? Sounds like we'll be masturbating and doing coke. Probably not coke. Fine, opium. Well, Madame Gao did have heroin, so... It's an opiate. Yeah, that's true. Oh, Danny Rand's part of the opiate crisis in America. I really hope he still has one of those crazy-ass big opium pipes from back in the day. Oh, like the... Yeah. Okay. I was going to reference something that I've been watching that I want to spend like most of the episode on, so I'm not going to bring I did want to talk to you about one more yeah. announcement from DC. DC made, me the, made the announcement that Walking Phoenix had been cast as Joker in the standalone movie. Uh, yes, with um, Biosquare Seizing. I'm okay with it. Yeah, maybe if we're 80s. lucky, we'll get another Gangs of New York. Yeah, but with the Joker. Still pass. Really? Was Gangs of New York good, but I watched it at home over the course of two days, taking breaks. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Gangs of New York. It uh, was I'm a good movie. The I'm pacing and the editing was fucking terrible. Um, but you think with Warner Brothers overseeing it with... Because Warner Brothers has done so well with all their well, other DC movies. Well, you know what? Movies. They really moved away from you know Zack Snyder and moved towards and moved towards Goyer and Jeff Johns. So because Suicide Squad was so great. 
Goyer and Johns were not involved in that, well, tangentially mm-hmm. at best. Um, you realize Snyder still tries to stand by his movies, you know, even once yeah, he was no, taken away they're, from they're, and they're replaced. Talking about, they're talking about releasing the, um, the Snyder cut yeah. of Justice League. Which, yeah, I've read a few articles about that. Pass. Eh, Momoa comes out for it. I'm not saying I'm not going it. to watch it, and I'm not saying I'm not going to have the I'll same opinion it. we did about watching the Green Lantern uncut. Oh, the director's cut, yes. It's still not a good movie, no. but it makes more sense. And that's the thing is, like, DC is... Marvel's forcing everyone to play their game. DC leapt at the bait, failed miserably. And didn't they should take, focus they didn't on making standalone good movies like Wonder Woman... And not Green Lantern, or and yes. Then we'll, here's I the thing, we'll though, is it. that DC made Wonder Woman because Marvel was an asshole. They had hired the director to direct Thor two, and you know, I can't even think of her name now. Who's the female lead in, in Wonder Woman? In the Thors. Oh, Jane. Um, Jamie. Um, no, no. Oh, Natalie Portman. There we go. Natalie Portman attached herself to that movie and recommended her as the female director. I know, I know. And when they fired her, they fucking fired her. Natalie Portman basically told Marvel to fuck off, ended her contract, and doesn't want to work with them again. So, Marvel, yeah, you may be making money, you're not always making the right choices. Well, we'll see. Marvel's made very few missteps. I'm not saying they haven't made any, but... Ant-Man and the Wasp isn't that greatly talked about. I liked it. It was yes, fun. Yes, everybody liked it, but they also describe it as underwhelming. Yeah, except for the end. But we're all just waiting for half of them to melt. Here's um, the thing, though. They say that, you know, Joaquin Phoenix is the Joker. I just imagine him being like he was in the village. I have nothing on that one. Um, it's been a while since I've seen The Village. He was a blind character. Oh, that's right. There you go. No, I think I think Joaquin Phoenix will bring something new to the Joker that we haven't seen since. Do I think he can do better than, you know, Jared Leto? Yes. Absolutely. Do I think he can do it without, you know, psychologically torturing his co-stars? Absolutely. Not. No, I think he'll do I think it. he can do better. I think since he made, you know, um, the Her one with no, the one with Mike. I was gonna say the one with Michael McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey, that was the Oscar winner. It was Dallas Buyers Club. There we go. Oh, Jared Leto. We're on Jared Leto. Yes. Oh. With Jared Leto, he played the most amazing character in that, and was not fucking crazy. I might be wrong here. Yeah, I think we're I think going I'm pretty wrong here. Don't 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 worry about it. Don't worry about it. I had a brain injury recently. I know. Um, but so, still, it's just one of those things where I I'm interested, but it really needs the right people to handle it the right way, and I don't trust DC to do that. I think they've learned from their mistakes. DC Not well has. I think they have, and I think they need to focus on character-driven stuff as opposed to having, like, huge teams of things. Um, you know what I would really love to see? Let me Chris- get to the point. No, Christopher Nolan Joker movie. Well, not gonna happen. Well, know. no, it's never gonna fucking happen. But still, think about it. 
Yeah, I'd love it. It'd be earnest, it'd be grounded, it'd be great. And I think that with Joaquin Phoenix and Martin Scorsese, you probably might see that with a Joker movie, and it's going to be set in the, what, 80s, I think? They're so still I going to need people with really strong bases to work on that movie. Like, they're going to need an editor that is so focused they can stand up to Scorsese. And you don't think Scorsese is going to have that? Or Warner Brothers as a company? Kegs like, of I'm, New York. Once again, like I, I'm, I disagree with you wholeheartedly. Do you have any idea how long it took for them to put out that movie because it took so long for them to get a version that was approved by him? No, because I don't care enough about the Kings of New York. Can we continue? It's Big Ego that doesn't know how to curb itself. Okay, and in that I'll use that as a segue uh. um, to the Aquaman trailer. That thing looks like underwater Green Lantern. Here's the thing about the Aquaman trailer. I will watch Jason Momoa do anything for at least two hours. But does that movie look good? No. God, no. No. It looks fucking rough. Does it look like something that I will pay for? Absolutely not. We'll go together and I'll, they'll get our money. But it, it looks fucking awful. The first part of it, like when the sharks are attacking the tank and they're like, Arthur's talking to fish again, meh, meh, meh. And then the shark hits the glass and it was like, and it shatters. And I was like, this is fucking badass. Yeah. Well, it's Guy like, control sharks. When it has him as and the then, little kid talking to the animals for the first time. Well, the awesome. sea animals. Yeah, great. And then but, it goes into like him in Atlantis and I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. It's also underwater really, Green Lantern. really bad music. Yeah, sure. I, I don't know. I'm, no, it, it cheapened the whole experience. It looks rough. Um, but a movie we both watched that we enjoyed, mm-hmm, I hope, very much. was The Incredibles 2. Um, the Incredibles 2, I will absolutely be dressing my four-year-old nephew up as Dash for Halloween. Um, okay. It, I'd recently rewatched The Incredibles 1, and something in The Incredibles 2 that got readdressed for me is the fact that maybe they have so many problems with their children because they're not good at parenting and setting boundaries. Well, no, you have very much different parenting ideas from the father and mother, Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl. Maybe your kids are such little fuckwads because you don't teach them the right way to behave. Wow, you're yelling at CGI characters about parenting. (laughs) Dude, Dash was asshole in both movies. Yeah, he was. There were no boundaries. You're Violet, right. admittedly, is just a really unfortunate, pubescent hormonal girl. Well, I think, it's, yeah, I she was written that yeah, kind of... Yeah, pubescent hormonal girl. Yeah, that cliche, but... Was and, I annoyed and, by the and fact... And the older sibling put upon to raise her siblings. It's Violet, yeah. Yeah. And also, everything with Jack-Jack, they basically had the same like solutions as their babysitter who's a fucking like 13 14 year old girl as how From to the handle first movie yeah as how to handle jack jack you're supposed to be superheroes that have had your powers for most of your life and that's still how you're handling your baby the weird part is do you i was like in the second one i was like how do you not know your baby's powers? I mean, yeah, okay, he's got multiple powers, but like, how did you not know that? Well, it's and then it's if been, you look back at the first one, 
the only person to see Jack Jack truly change is the villain who gets sucked into a jet thing. Well, yes. There's no capes. Like I said, and it's also the fact that they erase the babysitter's memory, much like they erase Violet's, I don't remember what his name was. I think Timmy? Whatever. Like I said, they erase his memory. They erase the baby's memories. No, they erase the babysitter's memories. It's in one of the in on the at least DVD. Oh, the, they yeah, have an extra in the first one. exactly the first one. They erase her memories. But like it was one of those where I'm like, no, they know what he does, and they're like, I'm like, oh fuck, no, they don't. So, yeah. Did you like the kind of inverse female taking? I did like that Elastigirl was the first one pulled out. It super cracked me up how good her butt looked the entire time. Well, yeah, she's Elastigirl. Yeah, Elastigirl's fantastic ass. Um, I do actually agree with the internet, and I think the Void character may be trans. Sure. I have no problem with that. No, I have zero problems with that, and pretty much nobody does. I do have a few issues with how stupid everyone was. I did, however, like the fact that with the styling of everything, especially kind of the outside and everybody else, they did a very interesting cross between the 50s, 60s, and 70s. I thought that made very good sense, the timeline they were trying to pursue and the characters they were trying to portray. That's like timeless yet timely. Well, yeah. it's like they have the technology for the future, but everything's still styled a little bit yeah. retro, much like Dr. Horrible. They all have cell phones and everything, but everything's still kind of styled like it's the 50s or 60s or, or 70s. Or like, you know, Archers. Yeah. It seems to be set in the 70s, but they have anachronistic Yeah, like I said, like you can still phones. get a text message. Right. Um, which I liked. Did you love... Let me... Just so you know, I immediately thought sheer, she was the villain because she had shitty hair. Actually, I knew she was the villain. She said, I'm the genius behind the genius. And I was like... Wow. No, that her, was, her that terrible was, that was haircut. Telegraphing. That wasn't even foreshadowing. That was telegraphing. I said, no, her terrible hair let me know she was the villain, and I really am sad we didn't get to see more Frozen. Okay, I'll give you that. Also, I knew they wouldn't waste uh, Catherine Keener as a voice. Of course. Um, the Alaska bike uh, saving the train scene. So many laughs. Laughs, but, like, think about the technology that like, went into that. Like, that is an amazing action scene. That is, that is why they trusted Brad Bird to do the fourth question mark Mission Impossible. Yeah, he, he I'm did, sure they did. trusted him so hard after Tomorrowland. That was actually after that. I know they did, but it sucked. It didn't suck. It was different, and it we're didn't not make any fucking money. And Disney considers that sucking. Well, Disney's wrong. Um, but to have, like, unique um, unique shots, action shots, using a power you've, you've seen, but, like, let's do it differently, like, I thought that was amazing. I actually really liked how much they explored I mean, the her unquote, power that she hadn't really been to explore. Yeah, the quote-unquote, like, stunts with her were awesome. And, of course, you know, Edna. I thought Edna Moe was kind of wasted in this one. I feel I, like they're going to do the same thing they did with the babysitter on the last one, and when they put out the DVD, they will have the Edna Moe with the baby all night. Yeah, no. The, yeah, they'll have the, yeah, Edna Moe after dark with the baby. Well, that's not what I mean, but... Wow, good lord. Let's, let's, let's move on. I have one more thing I wanted to talk sure. about. Now I don't remember what... Oh, hold on, I have to burp first, though. 
it stuck right in there. I did want to talk about in the first season, I mean, sorry, the first series of them trying to dress up as a family as superheroes and try and stop, you know, the Underlord. Why the fuck didn't they just high center that underground drill that was now on tank treads above the, I was going to say, above the earth? Because we're not architecturists. Because we're not stupid. All you would have to do is high center it and take the treads off the ground, and then you could figure out how to turn off the treads and the fucking drill. So, moving on. Um, I finished a robot. God damn it. Chicken? Yes. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Oh my god, I would watch Mr. Robot Chicken all the time. Why has no one done that mashup? I will watch that all the fucking because time. Because I'm pretty sure Seth Green is still formulating that in his brain. I guarantee you he is if he hasn't done it already. And I will look it up later. Um, I'm all good. I'll take a spray. Okay. Um, so I finally watched uh, Robot, Mr. Robot Season 3. I, now I'm just picturing Mr. Robot Chicken. It's amazing. Bark, 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 bark. I'm doing morphine. Um... That would be the equivalent of it. Um, Seems about right. It has a lot to do about fathers, which I was well, I mean, expecting because... I mean, he's kind of been dealing with that since the beginning. Um, but you do find out, and of course I wrote spoilers at the beginning of this, um, that the Christopher Plummer-looking motherfucker, the guy that runs E-Corp, mm-hmm. um, is uh, his adoptive sisters, or whatever that is. Uh the, the blonde girl? I know, but it's been a while since I watched it, so... Uh, that's her father. Biological. And you have them teaming up against White Rose and the Dark Army by the end of it, whereas at the end of it you have Elliot and Darlene and, begrudgingly, the FBI agent, who I can't remember her name off the top of my head, um, joining the Dark Army. So now you have all of the friends and the characters not friends but you know what I mean um, going against each other in the next season probably um, thank you ideologically so I'm excited I know that I'm late to the party on season 3 it's been over for a while I just finally got to the point where I can watch it emotionally I didn't want to watch anything that heavy um, yeah but once again, it's one—it's one of those shows where I kind of fight it because I don't want to watch anything that dramatic or heavy. I'd rather watch a comedy or something. No, you have to be in the right place, mood-wise and emotionally, before you kind of. But then, like, I watch like dedicate one episode yourself to that. and I'm fucking in on the binging. Well, it's—I don't. Thank you. I don't think it's an episode-to-episode show. Like, I couldn't watch that week to week. Which I did, I think, for the first season. Um, and everybody did for the first season, and it was very well received and praised. It still but, is. But I'm just saying, they, they were really surprised at how popular it ended up being, but it is so difficult. So, um, they do end with um, them doing the uh, undoing the 5 9 hack. So, Elliot's basically reset the world back to normal, I guess, and I guess we'll see the fallout. Of sending it back to normal after it being kind of an, an in an economical collapse for the whole season, um, I'm just I'm interested to see the world after undoing that hack and um, what each character is going to do now that they're basically pitted against each other without knowing it. 
hmm. um, that Darlene and Elliot and Mr. Robot, um, you know, slash Mr. Robot, um, and that FBI agent are now in Dark Army, and now that the Christopher Plummer-looking motherfucker and uh, his biological daughter, the blonde girl, um, I wish I could remember her name. It's so horrible, but I... Anyway, um, she's so milk toast the whole yeah. fucking... I, I know she does stuff, and she's capable, and she's, she's an empowered smart. female. She's very smart. I know, but, but. she's so milk toast in terms of visually, because it's like pale blonde girl, so like... I feel I like they kind of made it a little bit on purpose for the series, though. Yeah, I think they did. Um, but we'll see where it comes to in the next season, where they're basically pitted against each other without... Without knowing it, um, and I think obviously they'll find out about it probably the mid-season finale and so forth and so on. Um, a movie that I watched that Deb, you said you you saw or you're aware of um, that I'd never seen, and I got it got brought up when we were first designing, redesigning our business cards. Um, so I had talked to um, Facebook and said, you know, bring me a movie that you think of when. You see me, I was going to design a business card around it. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I didn't do a business card around this. Um, a, it's a fantastic movie, and B, I just would have ripped off the uh, movie poster. Uh, he Never Died. Oh, yeah. I am very aware of that movie. With uh, Henry Rollins. Yeah. Uh, and they're going to be doing a, a series, a, a television series based on this. Interesting. Yeah, and a sequel to the movie. Basically... Um, Henry Rollins plays a immortal cannibal? I mean, really? It's implied that he was Cain and cursed by God to like live forever and feast on the you know, blood of man. Um, well, it's been kind of implied by lots of people that Cain was the first vampire. Really? I see, that. that's new to me. That's new to me upon talking to you right now. Google it, you'll see. Okay. But he never died. Little known movie. Um, I loved it. Loved it. It was one of those where I was like, how did I not come across this earlier? I know it's a couple years old. Well, um, yeah, but it also wasn't very well uh, advertised. No, it, was, it, got su- passed, it was, su- was super indie. I was going to say, and it got passed around oddly. I mean... We both know what we do in the shadows was a little bit more well promoted than this. And that's saying something because what yeah. we do in the shadows was passed around, but in a very specific group and not very well advertised. Fun fact, by the way, I was talking to someone earlier this week. You do realize that the director of Thor three was in Green Lantern. I did not. He's the best friend character. Oh God, I'm never having sex again. Weird. Um, speaking of never having sex again. Green Lantern? Well, no. Um, I would say Super Troopers 2. Didn't see it. It's the same movie, but set in Canada? Nah, not fun. It's, I mean, it's funny, like... No, but what we liked about Super Troopers was it was so unexpected. And this was expected, it's... They had so much time to come up with it. And I think that the, if the guy who wrote and directed, the guy that plays um, the Indian character, um, who's, who's 
huge, impronounceable Indian name, but the guy. Yeah, who, you know what other movie he directed? Big Screen Dukes of Hazard. Not terrible. The one with Johnny Knox and. Yeah, and Johnny Knoxville. I said Johnny Knox, but yeah. Um, I can't think of who else was in it. Was it Dex Shepard? It's not Dex Shepard. It should have been Stifler from, from American Oh, it was. Pie. It was Stifler. Um, I think he's an already director. He's done like TV and stuff, and, and it's worked out for him. Um, if they went into it going, you know, be funny if we did the same movie he put set in Canada, it would be fucking genius on an Andy Kaufman level. But I don't think they set out to do that. So it wasn't. You know what I mean? Like, it just seemed like... Like, they literally made the same joke over and over where they said in the second movie, the local cops are always the bad guys. And you know the what happened? The local like snozberries. The local cops were the fucking bad guys. Like, they literally did the same movie. Minor twists. I mean, I love that they had, like, uh, uh, Jim Gaffigan come back and say, like, oh, you're the guys that pulled me over. Like, let's redo that whole meow scene. Like, and it was funny, like, all the callbacks were great, but going to the well again on that, like, it, it didn't prove well to Do you me. feel like it was lazy? In a productive way? In a way that I'm glad I didn't see it in movies, but I didn't mind the DVD release. Well, there's a you reason I mean? why it wasn't particularly talked about. Um, critics hailed it as the most one of the most anticipated letdowns, and that's how I would Ow. describe it. Damn. Um, I was really looking forward to it. I didn't see it on 420 Weekend, which was a brilliant marketing um, you know, stroke on that. But um, it was pretty much the same movie, but set in Canada, and there were all the Canadian jokes. Um, you know, oot, a boot, sorry. Oh, you get like strippers here. Oh my! And oh, we're going down to the hungry beaver. Or you know, it's like it's like those jokes. Um, was it you know an hour and a half of my life that I won't get back? Yes, an hour and a half. Um, seems short. It seems what it should have been. Like it, it's a feature, so it should have been ninety minutes. Um, was it like probably 98? Yeah, probably. Um, it was fun, but it wasn't funny, and I pretty much only watched it because I was super excited about it being a sequel to a great comedy, and was let down and wanted to talk about it on this podcast. Ouch. Moving on. Um, I'm trying to think of something short we can do on this one. Um, okay, Let Ups. Something that was... Better than you anticipated? Yes. Um, I watched the animated, I guess, quote-unquote, first season of Constantine City of Demons. Okay. I know, like, right? I've already got you hooked with Constantine and Demons. Um, there's going to be a second season. Um, it's Matt Rain reprises his role mm-hmm. as... Uh, I was trying to think of a character from Super Troopers 2, sorry. Uh, uh, as John Constantine. Ooh, quiet, you. And, uh, I'm 
they're it's I think six five minute episodes like they're mini webisodes mm-hmm. so the whole thing the whole first quote unquote season takes like maybe 25-30 minutes to watch it sets up a lot but there's not a lot of payoff because of that okay um but so worth it not worth it I would say if you're a big Constantine fan like I am and have like always you've read. been, I mean, I love the comics. I love. I'm not gonna say the movie, um, but I love I love the, sh- uh, the the actual live action show. I love the the comics of Constantine. Constantine is one of my favorite characters. Deb, I think you know that's where yeah, of course. my original character. I had to say that my original character Dante Kindness comes from um, was my original pitch to. DC Vertigo to, to write Constantine, so much I love him. Um, I think it's it, it's fun and it, it, it sets up a lot. Um, I'm interested to see where they go in the like kind of second half of it. Um, JD DeMathis writes it, who is known for doing like kind of the funny Justice League. Do you remember that? Yeah. Okay. Um, but once again, and this comes back to you me talking about. Aquaman from uh, like 20 minutes ago uh, you have David Goyer and I'm, I'm sorry not David Goyer but uh, Jeff Johns overwatching the whole thing um, as kind of a head of DC visual media I guess we'll call it um, I'm not exactly sure what you know his... what we should do for DC have a whole year where nobody hits anybody else yeah no I actually did talk to someone about uh, Superman Returns is that what you're getting at Oh no, that was oh god, yeah, that was oh, who wrote that fucking run? Um, yeah, where Superman doesn't punch anybody for that a year. was um. Ironically enough, that was one of the Men of Action. It was that was Joe Casey. That's where I was going to. It was a Men of Action thing, and I get it. Which I you're get bored it, yeah. with everything you're doing. That's not what people who are reading it want. Well, in Superman Returns, the point I was talking to someone else. And Superman Returns, the movie, with Brandon Routh, he doesn't throw a goddamn single punch, except for that one at the end where he launches the kryptonite island into the sun or something. But like I'm saying, I, know, the I less get about that, that you're better, doing what you and your very small group are excited about, but if you're trying to profit with this and give fans that aren't that deeply dedicated to it, you can't fucking do super, that. Give Superman cerebral villains because that's what he's missing I mean he's got like Luthor we always want Brainiac. Brainiac but you've also got Manchester Black and Ruin and I mean I, I just mentioned we just mentioned four off the top of our heads for people that can take on Superman without being General Zod or Doomsday or a Parasite even well even Parasite could be kind of both like, that'd be oh really interesting oh my god Superman sight. I was going to say Superman Venom hilarious Eh. Yes, I know they can't, but just imagine eh. it. Um, yeah, City of Demons, uh, it's it's very Constantine, and it's very Matt Ryan doing Constantine, which I'm very happy with, and I'm glad that he'll be back in Legends of Tomorrow, and I'm glad that DC and the fan base is finally, like, they've gone like, this is a property. We may, we may not know what to do with him. But it's a property. But people like him. I'm sorry, still, one of my favorite Constantines was included in Sandman. 
And no, it wasn't just, you know, Sandman getting his bag of sand back. It was Constantine running into a ghost of an ex-girlfriend where they, after they broke up, she got involved in something terrible and ended up as a ghost. And he had to figure out a, rele- a, re- a way to relieve that shade and get rid of her. I mean, it's, it's one thing, he's, he is, he is the easiest and hardest character to sell. Because you, the minute you say occultist con man, easy sell, easy sell. But the thing is to pull it off is that much harder. I'm going to say one thing and then we're moving on. Okay. Whenever people whine about the Constantine movie not having it styled correctly, I want you to imagine blonde Keanu Reeves and then think about Alexander the movie. That wasn't... No, it wasn't, but think about him bleach blonde. Oof. Bam. Oof, my goof. All right. Uh, mistakes I made this week? Yeah, and then... Yeah, com- we're gonna, social We're going to have some real shit, yeah. Mistakes I made this week. So, as you guys know, I've been dealing with an injury. I got my cast off last Monday, which we skipped. On Tuesday, I had to go and get my brain checked out, which is fine. But a very interesting and awkward... They thing did, happened. They did implant memories into her, and now she has that. No, so you guys know when you go to, especially somebody you saw in the emergency room, and then you're seeing them as a doctor. It's they still have to do all of the intake information also, and I the, the intro to time by Pink Floyd is playing. In the like background. I said, they had to do my my. I'm just gonna say intake information and vitals. So I have a much older male nurse taking my information and vitals while my father is in the room with me because he's the one that drove me. And so, when the nurse asked what my social, I mean, what my sexual preference was. Yes, please. Oh, it yeah. was very awkward. And I'm like, well, if I have to make a choice, it would probably be bi or poly. Guess how uncomfortable my father got. Yeah, no. That is synonymous with when I had a, um, I had to work over in Easter. I had to work over in Easter Sunday for overtime. Mm-hmm. For the arch, I almost said dialysis. Um, I'm gonna go with dialysis. The archdiocese of, of Denver. We had I had a gig with them, and um, I made a joke to my mom. I said, "Well, of course, like you know, the atheists would have overtime with you know that on Easter." And my mom went, "Atheist? Um, mom it would got be awkward. the yeah, it would be the." I had the religious version, but you had the sexual version where it's like, oh, that's only you're half of the what? most uncomfortable. So that happened, and my dad got super uncomfortable and immediately did the, oh, Deb. The second one was after I'd gotten my well, exam. Well, yeah, but they're talking about biologically, not socially. I mean, there's more. Oh, good. Or bad. Both. Like I said, <laughs> we go in, and I see my doctor, and he's very happy with my response I was gonna say mentally since my brain was very injured and he checked out my ear that got damaged and it's pretty much healed now and then I felt the need to ask him a few more questions about how uncomfortable I was they had removed my nipple rings but not my nose stud and the reason I've been given that they removed my nipple rings was because I was getting an MRI but if I got an MRI my nose stud would have been ripped out of my fucking nose right so that was a whole super uncomfortable conversation with my doctor I won't go into that my dad's driving us home. My dad's like, Deb, I need to bring up something with you. But Nipple we don't piercings. need to go... Yep. 
And he's like, Dad, nipple piercings? I'm like, well, Dad, I've had them since I was 18. It's not a big deal. My dad just rolls his eyes and goes, oh, Dad. And then we don't talk about it again. And they're like, oh, hey, girl. My mother has known about them for eternity. Oh, no. So this caused intermarital issues. It did not. I doubt my mother ever brought it up with my father. But now I have a vague paranoia. My dad is going to go home and Google Polly and end up on Urban Dictionary. And just see that it's a Nirvana song? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, any mistakes you made this week? Nope. Social contract, Doug. All you. Well, it's going to be both of us on this one, Deb. And mm-hmm. we're going to have to kind of do this quick. Um, yeah, because I have to pee. So, social contract, asshole. I want to talk about the Me Too movement and its dark side. Well, every movement has its dark side. So, Chris Herwick has recently been cleared of any wrongdoing legally? Well, here's my problem with it, is that I get where she felt like she needed to make this kind of announcement about her weak points and how she feels like she was treated. It annoys me that she didn't say anything saying that he was not the person she was talking about. And not saying he was the person she was, she she was talking about. She made it very much Chris Hardwick. Let's be honest. Well, I'm just saying, I feel like it was a pretty selfish thing to do, considering how it was handled. And if she didn't realize it was going to be handled that way, she should have done something after it started getting handled that way. And I think she basically she took it? no responsibility for everything that happened afterwards. And admittedly, she is a spoiled, selfish little moron. Everything I've ever seen her do has been pretty dumb, and she did get raised very differently by parents that ended up making a lot of money doing a very wonderful job in their chosen careers. Oh, yeah. John Dykstra and all that with But, I mean, has she ever worked hard about anything that she wasn't, you know, basically drawn to because it was something that energized her brain? But I want to talk about the 1%, and I'm not saying that I'm starting with the abuser. I'm not saying that. And I want to talk about this. But there's a 1% of people in every cause that exploit it. Yes, unfortunately the 1% in this cause has a lot of money. I just want to say, there's... The great line from Justice League, which I'm sure can be attributed to things past, but I heard about it in watching the Justice League, as where most of my knowledge comes from, which is, believe half of what you see and none of what you hear. And in that, I'm sorry, I agree. Sometimes. Um, like I said, the ride's here. If you liked this, check out some of our other shows like Mr. Right, Exotic Liability, and No Applause, Just the Clap. You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for BACN on iTunes and Stitcher.